This is the Drive-In Podcast. Take one. Bada big bada boom. Welcome to the 100th episode ever of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have our spoiler and spoiler-free review for the MCU's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy episode 100 of the Drive-In Podcast. Howdy duty. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. We've hit the century mark, Ricky Flex. Shout out us. Shout out us. We've made 100 episodes with this project we conceived of at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, how do you feel, Ricky, about hitting the Hundy mark? So first off, Dr. O, good to be on the horn with you, as always. Um, and for the 100th episode, like you said, I... Seems a hundred seems like a lot. It does seem like a lot, but it really, it really feels like it's gone quickly. I feel like we're just getting started, but we're already at a hundred, which is kind of crazy. So, at the end of the day, we got plenty more left in the tank. But we have like we've been doing this for a while now. Yeah. Eye opening. So thank you to all the listeners who have been with us for a hundred episodes, and hopefully, hopefully you'll be there when we're on recording number 200, 300, 1,000, 2,000, right? Oh. You know, I know. We'll be, we'll be doing this into our 80s episode, <laughs> 10,000. I'll be in, a, in a, like a mental ward in a wheelchair, barely be, barely be able to speak, but I'll be doing this podcast. So episode 100, it seems like it's right in our wheelhouse. It seems very fitting that our 100th episode is one of the most anticipated Marvel projects of phase four, Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. We're going to give you the Rotten Tomato score. We're going to give you the IMDB score. We'll give you the audience score. And then we're diving right in with a spoiler free review. We'll give you a heads up when we're jumping into spoilers, which there are a plenty and there must talk there. They must be discussed on this podcast. Uh, We'd be doing a disservice to all the loyal listeners. If we did not, talk about the happenings in this film. So, Ricky Flex, uh, let's go to the synopsis. Let's go to IMDb and everything. So, synopsis reads, In Marvel Studios, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, the MCU unlocks the multiverse and pushes its boundaries further than ever before. Journey into the unknown with Doctor Strange, who, with the help of mystical allies, both old and new, traverses the mind-bending and dangerous alternate realities of the multiverse to confront a mysterious new adversary. This movie is rated 76% on the thermometer, along with an 88% audience score. IMDb, it's hitting a 7.6 out of 10. So before we go into our initial reactions, Ricky Flex, going into the theater, or even, I guess, the two years leading up to this movie, what were your expectations what did you hope to see what were you hoping to feel upon leaving the theater 
I think that the expectations were very high. Now, in our most anticipated draft of 2022, we did not have this movie on there. But expectations-wise, like this was big. We're going into this phase four or whatever of the MCU, which has been dominated by the multiverse talk and this theme of the multiverse and variants and multiple dimensions and things like that. Who's at the heart of it? Doctor Strange and Wanda, who are both in this movie. And this movie is literally called the Multiverse of Madness with these two characters surrounding this big idea that's surrounding the biggest piece of property IP in the world, I would say right now with it, which is Marvel. Yes, over Star Wars. And just because the name alone, I think just shows the expectations for the biggest property, biggest franchise, its biggest theme surrounding this movie. That's where my expectations were with the multiverse of madness. I agree. It felt like this was going to be a culmination of all the projects that preceded it in phase four, whether we talk about Loki, Spider-Man, No Way Home, WandaVision, all teasing aspects of the multiverse. So when you see multiverse of madness and you see like the trailers leading up to this movie, inclusion of certain characters such as Professor X played by Patrick Stewart, you your expectations go through the roof. You think. This is because like the phase four projects we've seen, they've teased it, but there hasn't been a moment where we see a clear direction for the MCU. We just know the multiverse is on the horizon. So going into this, we also have Doctor Strange and, as you said, Wanda Maximoff. Seems like two at, at the time, like when the trailers come out, you think these are the two potential centerpieces for the future of the MCU. Like Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch, I was excited to see him like I see the way he interacts with Tony Stark in infinity war. Okay. And then you see a lot of like the core phase one and phase two heroes kind of gone out by the wayside. They're not involved with the MCU to this point. Uh, so now we have Benedict Cumberbatch coming off an Oscar nomination. He's very much in the talk with one of the best actors going right now. He is must watch whenever he puts out a project. So what you got the expectations like with the multiverse, how is it going to like kind of wrap up phase four or actually like lead into the future of the MCU, the big name. And then Elizabeth Olsen coming off WandaVision, arguably the most successful Disney plus show that Marvel's had so far. All right. So um, where do I want to go from here? So any, so Cumberbatch and Dr. Strange, do you think he has a future as a centerpiece of Marvel studios? I want to say yes, because I really do like Dr. Strange, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, and the character itself. It's a Tony Stark similar type of character with his isms and how smart he is, but yet very sarcastic and funny. Like I, And he's just an alpha, and you could see that. And I really do like that, and I think he could be a part of it. But I, did, I'm, I don't want to dig too, too deep here, because I think that was one of the things after leaving the theater what i realized is that he's still not going to be an iron man a captain america a thor he's just and it's not because of benedict cumberbatch it's just the character itself and i think this movie on a scale basis was after what my initial comments was kind of a letdown based off that and going in the future here without those major characters that i just spoke of and it looks like thor is more of a peacemaker in this next thor 
And sooner or later, he's going to have to hang up the boots or hang up the hammer, per se. So it's like, or put down the hammer. But um, it seems like they want him to be that. But I just, I didn't buy it leaving the theater. Did you? Sort of. Sort of. I, 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 I want him to be a centerpiece. But I think the story they told, I mean, the writing wasn't very complex in this movie. But I think they were driving at the fact that he may not, he isn't Tony Stark in terms of maybe becoming this great team player that Tony Stark learns to become. Maybe you have to tell more of Dr. Strange's story here. It seems like they began to tell that story, but it also, he's got to be the one holding the knife. He's the, he has to be the one in control in order to uh, be the superhero that saves the world and like does so much good. So maybe like he has to be a little bit selfish and he can't have the life that he craves, like to be with Christine and, and to, I guess, be the, person that he wants to be he's just who he is you know it's just kind of how it goes but uh what were your initial reactions leaving the theater you mentioned you're a little bit disappointed anything else you want to add to before we jump into the movie itself all right i think we need to preface the audience here based on my theater experience so we get into the theater okay imax sold out like awesome vibes going in right marvel event we see a bunch of trailers we see a sneak peek of something, which I th- I'm sure we'll talk about at the end of this pod. It's not related to M- Multiverse of Madness, but we have to talk about it, Dr. O. Talk about it now. You can talk about it now if you want. But I want to talk about my experience Fine. here. We'll maintain the focus. And then right when Nicole Kidman comes on the screen, all right, so the movie's about to get started. Trailers are done. I have two seats open next to me. I'm thinking, oh, man, like two people, people didn't show up. Probably got COVID or something. like awesome free armrest a little extra leg room and then right when the marvel like drop banner drops the music drops these two girls like middle schoolers come in they're wearing marvel pajamas marvel sweatshirt and they just keep yapping 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 i'm like this can't be good and throughout the movie when i say every scene i mean every scene and almost every piece of dialogue in the movie these two girls were just yapping and they were like big fan girls, like fan comic book fans. So like love the nerdiness aspect of it, but like shut the F up. Like it was so bad, doctor. I cannot stress how bad it was. Like you ever, I literally couldn't hear myself think sometimes they were talking you out have, loud. Did you ever consider saying something? I, I had a stare down. Uh, you had a stare was, down? It was during Explo- the, uh, you- uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but it was during the second half of the movie during one of the crucial like Wanda scenes. Uh-huh. Uh and they kept yapping and like giggling and like talking about like, WandaVision. Oh my god, like I love her. And I just like looked over. I was just like you gave like, him really? the Wanda Maximoff eyes. And then after that it simmered down the until tilt to like, the head. Yeah. I literally did the tilt of the head. And then it simmered okay. down for a bit, but they couldn't contain themselves. It was awful. So like yeah. at leaving the leaving the theater, I was thinking of that, just how bad my theater experience was. And then also the post-credit scenes, which we'll leave to the end here. Um, yeah, so I'll, I guess we should mention that Ricky Flix and I, we saw the movie together along with our mother and father and our sister, along with our cousin and our uncle. It was a full-on <laughs> family affair to go see Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness in IMAX, okay? Anticipation was high for the entire group, save for our mother and sister. So when we, I was sitting next to our father and 
Ricky Flicks knows when we watch a movie with our father, sometimes he there is not a moment. There's you will never find that you can sit through an entire movie without him saying something. Like he you can't sit in peace. He will try and throw a little joke out there when it's completely dead quiet. He'll be that guy, but not too loud for the entire audience to hear. It'll be like dead quiet and it'll be like, Wanda, you psycho, or something like that. But there was a very crucial moment that will I'll reveal when we go into spoilers where there was a, a, a type of reveal. And then as like people were speaking, our father tried to make a joke. And I just threw the hardest elbow into his side, just saying, not now, not now. We can't do this. Not for this movie. There is too much on the line. There is too much. We can, I'm not tolerating it. And I think I hurt his feelings a little bit, but I, I've made it clear. Like if we're watching this, I'm not listening to you. I'm listening to Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm listening to Professor Rex. I'm listening to Wanda Maximoff. I'm not. I didn't come to pay money to listen to you speak. But he's a good. Like he, he's a funny guy. He'll make those comments. But I wasn't. I wasn't having it today. There's a time and place. When I found out I was sitting next to Dad during this movie, I was just like, okay, I'm gonna have to do some crowd control during this thing. <laughs> crowd a little control. crowd control. I think. Yeah. I think I don't know. I would have sent a message to those girls. I would have. I would have sent a flat out like, "This is not happening." I, you guys, I, you guys can stand in the back. Get away from me. I I have to mention in the spoilers, there is this one part with these girls, and I have to wait the spoilers because I have to set the scene again based on the scene. I was every, like everyone else in the theater was on a different wavelength than these girls, complete opposite ends of the spectrum. And I'll get to it in spoilers in a specific scene. But again, like that was my initial reaction. I guess with the movie itself, I was like, that was fun. I thought it was fun. And I was a little bit disappointed based on what we talked about with scale and the multiverse of madness and the focal point of this franchise is the multiverse. And this is like the center of that. But should I be thinking of this movie as like, oh, that was a fun popcorn movie when it should have been more than that? The expectations were a lot higher than that. That's what I was thinking about and how I was kind of like on a letdown. But like it wasn't like a bad movie at all. It's just like not what I wanted it to be. Uh, I'm in the same boat. So I did put this down. Like this is a fun, entertaining popcorn movie. A hundred percent. I had a blast seeing this in theaters. Uh, But when we talk about the anticipation, like, is it going to lend itself and hint at, right, or just reveal this, the end game of this new phase of the Marvel Universe? You might be disappointed if you see this movie. It's a little more smaller scale than what was anticipated. And uh, Multiverse of Madness, you just expect, like, the craziest things to happen, right? Madness. You expect madness. But... Multiverse. I feel like this movie kind of suffered from coming off Spider-Man No Way Home. We know initially it was supposed to come out before Spider-Man No Way Home. And I think the Multiverse of Madness, they were supposed to reveal that this was going to kind of set up the potential for multiple Spider-Men to show up in No Way Home rather than Ned Leeds, like learning how to use like the sling ring in a matter of 10 seconds and like uh, shuttling in Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, okay? If this movie came before No Way Home, it would have been... It would have been more coherent in terms of the fuller scope of the MCU. And that sucks that it ended up, They, I guess, the Feige and the company had to do a little damage control as a result. But I, it also, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I, you finish your thought. I have, I have a thought on that after. Um, but I also wanted to say, 
along with like the damage control idea, I also felt like we know Scott Derrickson left this movie as director after initially directing the first Doctor Strange. Creative differences, okay, might not want might like we know he is a horror director as well. So it was I was thinking like why doesn't he want to do the Multiverse of Madness, which leans even more heavily into the horror realm. And then you have Sam Raimi coming in, talk about damage control, trying to come in, make this movie kind of like play out Marvel's vision, but also like put his stamp on it. So I felt like you could tell the release dates got messed up. You could tell there was multiple directors in this movie because at points, like you could split this movie in half and think you're watching two different films. Like the first part of it, I think it's like a, it's pretty generic in terms of the way an MCU movie literally looks on screen. And then the second half, it's all Sam Raimi. And we'll go into the details in a bit. Yeah. But I, that's what I felt. It was a little disjointed, but it had moments. It had Marvel moments. And uh, I definitely, like, I had a great time. It, you're exactly right. And, like, what you got to, that's why I let you speak there. Cause, like, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, the first half and the second half, you could see. And we can't just talk about, like give this movie a pass because of no way home yes that cl clearly this would have been a better movie if it came out before no way home yes ned Leeds would not have been doing the freaking opening thing and it would sling have been america yeah the sling ring and it would have been america chavez doing it would have made a lot more sense yes but we cannot give them the no way home pass here this movie was incoherent at times it was a mess at times and I remember on this podcast, on the checkup, when we talked about the reshoots. And again, you just report the news. You just report the news. I'm not coming at you. I'm just angry at this because I let myself give them the benefit of the doubt, Marvel, because I trusted them. But no more. Because when you hear about these reshoots, you think, oh, it's, it's because it's coming out after No Way Home. You hear about like all this, like Sam Raimi didn't know the ending of this movie until he was halfway done with it. Like he didn't know that the own ending to his movie. I, like that's why I'm not gonna. Get I, I think that's a lot of Marvel directors. He just openly talks about it. That's absurd, and that makes sense. Why all these movies that have come out recently, besides the ones with creative directors that also write and control the whole movie, Taika Waititi, Ryan Coogler, like those are the best movies. Ragnarok, Black Panther, the best movies around these directors that have full control, and they're not modified by the formula. Like this movie clearly was Marvel-fied, and I think by the first half especially, and eventually what it all came out to be. Yes, you had your Sam Raimi moments, which were, I think, the best parts of this movie, actually. But it's still, you could still see the dysfunction on the screen in the finished product, and we can't just give them the no way home pass. I'm not going to do it, won't do it, will not ever do it anymore. When it comes, you mentioned like the Marvel fine. We talked about that last episode when we did our Moon Knight recap. Like they're going to have like their way because you can't just hit, give the reins over to Sam Raimi. It's impossible. He's not logical enough about the continuity of this universe. Okay. He came in for damage control. He wasn't there the entire time. So it's hard to say like, I mean, it's hard to put blame any which way. I guess like the blame you would put on is like the actual, you have to have continuity. So Marvel itself. Yeah, right? they brought so it's not yeah, they brought on Michael, uh, the Loki writer, like they pulled him from Loki to come on to this. Like, it's crazy the dysfunction with this movie. And we were so like we just like gave them a pass. And like, no, like dysfunction's real. It's, like damage well, control uh, well, is real. It's, we're not 
we're not necessarily giving them a pass, but it also like the release dates, they weren't the only studio that was like having to shift around what movies have to go in certain times, years, dates, but they're the ones that are most affected because yeah, all they care about is timelines and comedy. Yeah, it's just like, I guess you what know? I'm saying is, I'm not attacking you, by the way. I'm not, I'm trying not to like come off that way, but it's like, we talked about this movie you, being you, a good, you are fun aggressive. Movie. I am aggressive because like, are these movies, if they're going to be popcorn fun movies going forward, fine. Just like, don't sell us on something that it isn't. Well, That's feel, my problem. Right. So, and I think they were nervous about this exact thought by audiences. And that's why they put Patrick Stewart in the second trailer for Multiverse of Madness. They knew that people were, might get a little disappointed, might not see this movie, right? If they knew it, it wasn't what people have were expecting in terms of the scope of the MCU bringing it in terms of they hear from audiences that have seen it saying, hey, it's not like the next Endgame. It's not the next Infinity War. Don't expect all these different cameos. Let's just show you that Patrick Stewart's in this movie, right? And once you see that and you know it's the yellow chair along with the Patrick Stewart from the Brian Singer X-Men movies, okay? When you have that, right, it just lends into the idea of multiverse of madness. So that's what it comes with. It's the marketing of it. Like it's just the way they had to do it in order to actually sell the movie. But I did want to bring about one more thing in terms of continuity, because this was the first Marvel project where it leaned especially hard on previous events, like almost completely on previous events mm. with its villain, right? Specifically with WandaVision and any of the Disney plus shows. This is where you found out that you actually have to have a subscription to Disney Plus to fully enjoy your Marvel experience in the theater. Yes, they make some references uh, to Wanda, right? And try and give her character some background for any new type of audiences that are seeing this movie. But it very much felt like you had to have understood the events of WandaVision to actually understand her motives in this movie. It wouldn't have worked. Like, it, it, it just it wouldn't have made sense Okay, without WandaVision. That was necessary. They talk about her kids. They show her kids. So it's just in that moment, like if you have no idea, let's say this is your first Marvel movie, you're lost from the get-go. You have no idea what's happening. But you know maybe who Wanda Maximoff is from Infinity War and Endgame when she's taken on Thanos. But if you don't know what happened in Westview, in this world she created, the trauma that she goes through, you're lost. Agreed? I, I completely agree. I, I'm going to say something here that might come off the wrong way, but to be honest, like, I think we need like a self check here. Like Marvel's turning in like Marvel owned by Disney. Disney is turning into Netflix. Like they have to, like, this is such a smart business move to get They're trying. They're in the streaming wars. Like they're competing for these subscribers and they're just like pulling out content now, like pumping out content religiously right now. And they're connecting it to these huge events, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, like this huge scale that we were expecting. They tie it in with that. So now you're you're tied down to this franchise and you're tied down to the MCU just as a whole. Right. And you have to get the Disney Plus. You have to watch every single show. But after watching this movie, I will tell you, I am ex I'm like tired of watching these shows after watching the end of Moon Knight. I wasn't I like honestly I really enjoyed Moon Knight though. But like the finale was tough. Like and then obviously with these shows coming through, it's like, am I gonna watch these shows? Like I wrote them down here. Like Miss Marvel. Are you gonna watch that show? 
No. Like, uh, no. She-Hulk. Like, maybe I'll watch the episode that Mark Ruffalo is in. That's it. That literally might be it. That one's more Um, tempting for me, for sure. Armor Wars. Are we going to be watching Armor Wars? Like, Echo. Ironheart. Like, are we going to be watching these shows? I think this is an opportunity for Marvel to look at and Kevin Feige, because Kevin Feige, he's not the one who just says we need to make Disney Disney Plus shows. That's Disney saying, Marvel, you need to do this to keep up with the streaming wars. But I think they can learn from this experience potentially. Look at the response from the audience, okay? Because this is a movie where afterwards, when everyone's stopped in the theater, everyone's waiting for the second post-credit scene, I've never seen so many people Googling. I've never seen so many people yeah. Googling after a movie. It was insane. Whether it was about wanda maximoff what happened prior to this movie to her character okay through wandavision whether it was about the things that happened or the references that were made to like series like what if what if had numerous references in this movie i have not seen all of what if and i, I like myself what a major the record marvel fan I, I i don't i don't mind it i just i'm not going to spend all my time watching the what if series so i think which what, is understandable feige needs to go to disney potentially and say hey there's a good chance, or there's, I, I doubt like Disney's going to pull away from these shows, but you got to make them less connected to the movies. They can't be lenient on I, it because not everyone's going to see them. You know? I just, th- I, I totally agree. And I think the other aspect is I mentioned aspect of this is that I mentioned Netflix. Like they just have to look at what Netflix just did for numbers their quarter last, uh, last quarter, like what they did at the beginning of this year. Like they struggled. I think everyone in the world knows like their stock plummeted. They lost subscribers for the first time ever by a significant amount. They're going to continue. They're so desperate. They're going to crack down on password sharing even more. Is that partially because of Disney Plus, though, and these Marvel shows? It's partly because of just competition in general. But it's also because they don't have good quality content. They pump out content nonstop, but it's not good. And it's not keeping people with their platform. And obviously, you have Disney that already has content, right? And it's backed by a studio. But you have all all these other streaming platforms that that we talk about on a daily basis. It's just like... They they're right now they're getting in the Netflix mode where they're just pumping out content because they want to get they want to still compete in these streaming wars where it's like, no, that's the exact opposite what you want to do. You want to pump out content at a moderate level, but have it be just higher than what Netflix Apple does. TV. That's what Apple TV is doing. Apple TV, HBO Max, I think is the perfect. They they have like th- like three shows right now going. Like an eight o'clock, nine o'clock, and a ten o'clock show every week. They have it's like a regular consistent HBO. One. Yeah, and then they release like like a like they have a flight attendant Barry and winning time right now going. And then they have a couple other shows that staircase like just, just started. Just, yeah, exactly. They sprinkle them in and they're all higher quality. It just, that's what you got to do. Like Disney is doing the Netflix method right now. And clearly just based off the beginning of this year, that is not the way you compete in these streaming wars. Netflix hasn't made adjustments at halftime. That's what they haven't done. They haven't made <laughs> they adjustments have not. or they were they, too late or they were too late. And that's when they're getting these IPs now that are finally, they're able to afford and right. So, Netflix was like the first streaming service that really took off. But now it's when you have these other studios with these major IPs. And then they're also exactly. have like the notoriety of these certain studios, right? Making them, making these projects. People are just going to flock to those instead because they're higher quality. I agree. Um, but I did feel like literally if you had not seen WandaVision, you would have been left out. If you hadn't seen What If, you missed some key references that really would have made your experience that much better. The we, we, this isn't a spoiler. It was in the trailer. But the loudest 
um, applause. We had, we had applause in our theaters. I'm sad to say, we had like literal. Like, I was thought we were ha- going to have a standing ovation at one point when Wanda first <laughs> appeared. When Wanda first appeared on the screen, the crowd went bananas. Yeah, bananas. They go bananas. And, and that is not because of her appearance in Endgame. That's not about her. Her relationship with Vision started in Infinity War. That's because of Wanda Vision, right? And then along with that, okay, Captain Carter, right, who shows up. On the as one of the members of the Illuminati. Oh, yeah, that was in the trailer, so we're not in the trailer. Spoiler. Yeah, in the trailer. Not spoiler. Nope. So in that moment, that was probably the second loudest cheer I heard was Captain Carter. So like it shows people are sticking with the content, but you're losing the everyday it's, common man viewer. That's the thing. That's what you're in danger of. It, but I think they're okay with losing that person because so many are so many people are devoted to seeing these movies and shows. I agree. I, I think you'll still keep. Like, but if you're losing people like us, that's not good. People that have a podcast about this stuff, that's not good. And I think WandaVision's different because that was literally the start of COVID. Literally the start of COVID. The start of Disney+. Plus. Everyone's jumping on Disney+. Plus. Everyone ha- staying in their homes. And it's the first show. It's the first thing after Endgame, really. Like, that really was the first thing. Everyone was clamoring for this, right? A year off of Marvel shows. In yeah, like... It was we were clamoring for that, so you we can't like put that in the same perspective. And then from that higher quality show, you bring up Falcon, a what if series that you don't really know, right? You didn't even watch it. You've watched it, like all of it, and then you have Hawkeye. All of three of those, not critically successful in my opinion, but definitely like you're coming off a high quality to lower quality like that, such a significant consistent drop off. And then I just read up all those shows that are coming out this year and next year where it's like those aren't looking like they're going to be good. They look like similar to a Falcon and Hawkeye more so. So it's just like where are we going from here? Okay. Yeah. So we'll talk about the future. I think also when we go into the spoilers too, can we talk about specific characters and how we see like Marvel, what direction they're going in? But I want to talk about Sam Raimi, the guy who took the reins from Scott Derrickson after he leaves the project due to creative differences. You talk about how this movie felt like two different ones. One felt like a very generic type of Marvel film. Uh, Even like just like the look of the sky, the time of day, like everything. It felt so generic at the beginning of that movie. The, The comedic lines, like one after another, it felt like they were trying to fire off as many jokes as they could in the first 40 minutes. It was, it was, I thought that a lot of them were funny, but some of them definitely missed the second half. I thought, I it was vastly more entertaining. The visuals, you get like the Sam Raimi camera work, you get the zooming in on the faces, you get the homages to other horror type of films. It felt like literally a film, uh, half of the film that belonged in the horror genre. Uh, moments with Wanda, I don't want to go into too much detail, obviously, but um, gruesome. We got brutal deaths, almost like as brutal as. Marvel can be with their deaths and as gory as yeah. they can be, but it as, definitely that's a good had, way to put it. And then along with that, it has jump scares at times where like, I don't even know if I'd recommend a parent to bring their, like, let's say 10 year old to go see this. It's, movie. it's questionable for sure. Right. And so that's to me for a Marvel movie to, for have, to have half of it, like go that way. That was kind of troublesome. Cause like you would kind of fool like, a 10-year-old with their parents, like in the first half of this, and all of a sudden, yeah, that second Whoa. half, it's going to be like, whoa, it's like hitting a wall. Literally felt like 
two different directors taking a hold of this movie. So what do you think about Raimi and how he did with the horror aspects? Um, did it live up to the hikes? That, that also was a part of the anticipation was, is this going to be the first ever horror movie in the Marvel Universe? Yeah, without going into spoilers, like it did live up to the hype, I would say. I, no, it's just the way I'm saying that. No, it didn't, I guess. But like it was expected, I guess, what happened, like you said. And what I'm trying to say is that the hesitation comes along with what you were saying with we got it. But like, would we have wanted to see a little more edginess? A little like because this wasn't gory at the end of the day, but like using that word, like you said, like we could have made it more. We could have. Yeah. And it could have been crazy. Like it really could have been. If I feel like the first half, especially if you like look back at the first half of this movie, like, there were parts where like we definitely could have dove in here. And in the second half, it's like it could have gone deeper. So yes, like I'm happy with what we got because it could have been just what you said. Like kid, like definitely kids could have gone and see this movie. But now I'm like, you know what? I'm happy with what we got. I just wish I saw more. But I'm not going to like put that as a like a demerit or whatever against like a rating because I do think it was satisfiable. Yes, 100%. Where, and then in that, like having my father next to me, like jumping up and down, popcorn flying out of like the, 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 the freaking tin, just like going everywhere. I'm like, that, that, that's what we're looking for. This is a Sam Raimi film. And you could, you could tell it was a Sam Raimi film. And I feel like Marvel, I, it, like Sam Raimi, like what I liked about this movie, it wasn't trying to be too deep. Like Sam Raimi, he was trying to scare you at points. He was trying to truly entertain you. But like recent Marvel properties, there's been times with like, we just saw Moon Knight. They try and dive into mental health, dis dissociative identity disorder, right? A little bit of heavy type of themes there. Then you go to Eternals. They get Chloe Zhao talking about taking care of the earth and like preserving the earth, all these type of themes. Like, yeah, it's a little deep. Sometimes we just got to be able to get scared and also root for our heroes, you know? So people might hate on also the writing of this movie. Like, I don't think it was good, right? But and the, maybe the they didn't dive into the characters as much as they should have. But it was also refreshing to just go to a movie and not have to feel like I have to put on my analysis goggles. Okay, I got to see, well, what does this writing really mean? What are they trying to get out? What kind of statement are they trying to make about America today or the globe today? Like, I'm just happy with Doctor Strange throwing musical notes and hurling them as freaking daggers at people. I'm okay with, like, just gory deaths, sort of gory, right? Um, Our favorite heroes – like facing each other's adversaries. Like I'm just all in for that aspect. Don't have to like, like put pressure on me to like actually pay attention too much. Just enjoy the ride. This was a roller coaster. Starts off a little bit slow, but then you feel like you're going up and down, up and down, up and down for the whole second half of the movie, and you're accelerating with speed. All right. Sometimes just give me that. And I like how Marvel is just like Sam Raimi. Do your thing in the second half, rather than okay, what are we trying to say about the world today? You know. I, I definitely like that breath, breath of fresh air. Like definitely like some of that, uh, I don't know, just like com that comfortability watching the movie. And it was like that compared to like being like stressed out. Like, I guess you would say, um, obviously I'm not stressed out. It's a movie. It's not real life. But like when you're watching those themes, deeper themes, it's like that. But they, I will say, like you mentioned the writing, they did try a little bit of that. Like they did, they, they did. And like, Again, we talk about the scale of this movie. Like I, I'm telling you, they did try. So doing Doctor Strange, being happy. Like I, I was gonna start this podcast off. Um, if it wasn't our hundredth episode, I would have just gone on a bit on the be happy because I thought that was a joke. 
I really like. I didn't think it was very successful. It was just um, surface level, at, though, at you know. It was surface level, right? Go deep. But they, yeah, which was like again, like I'm with you on that on this, but I just think that they did try. I got points some harder than others, and I, I don't think I they went too they hard could. with it. We'll just disagree on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of let's talk about performances here because we talked about our anticipation as seeing Benedict Cumberbatch as the centerpiece of the MCU's future. And then Elizabeth Olsen and her momentum that she's carrying after WandaVision into this movie. Then we have new characters being introduced with uh, America Chavez. So let's start off with Cumberbatch. How do you think he did in this movie? It's a follow-up to Dr. Strange. Yeah. Like with, I was another thing with Dr. Strange. It's like Dr. Strange isn't like a movie I go back to and watch, you know? But like I, I did not go back to and watch before this one. But like I still remember. It. I think I like if you watch it once and you have a decent memory, like you, that's enough. Um, but like because comparing his performance to this one, and in between that time frame, it's been like six years, twenty sixteen movie, so it's been a long time. And I still think he has evolved since then. Like he was in, he was a great. His best performance in my eyes was Infinity War. Hundred percent. He was, and then he was, he's had his cameos and Ragnarok and end game as well so like he has he's 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 really grown with the mcu audience with us and to more of a beloved character where we question at the beginning of this podcast is he going to be like one of the the big stars one of the leaders of this next phase of marvel and i still think like he carried this movie i even like i still think so i guess like as the lead i will say wanda was terrific we'll get into her in a bit but i i do feel bad a little bit because i feel like a lot of the weight was on him for the exposition. The first half of this movie was all on him to constantly be talking in his dialogue and explaining what's going on and trying to tell us in case we didn't see the TV shows or in case we don't understand what's going on, literally explicitly saying what's going on for us as an audience member, which sometimes is better not to be said. Sometimes it is. But this one, you kind of had to do it. And I felt bad because like I felt like maybe some people won't love his performance in this because of that exposition that he was that he had to carry. Do you agree with me on that? Or like, am I just like stretching here? So upon seeing Cumberbatch here, it felt like things were happening around him and there was performances happening around him that wouldn't have been there if he wasn't there, but it's not like he didn't really use this as a showcase. This wasn't like Wanda or Elizabeth Olsen in WandaVision, or as we just talked about with Oscar Isaac in Moon Knight, this is more of, Okay, just taking you through that roller coaster. They didn't go that much in depth with the writing on his character. And you talked about, you brought up something interesting talking about how long ago Doctor Strange was. I'd argue this was more of a sequel to WandaVision than it was for Doctor Strange. Yes. You don't, you don't even, yeah. you technically don't, you didn't have to see the first Doctor Strange to see this movie. It's like you didn't have to, but like Christine like, Palmer was barely in the first one, bro. <laughs> like, she was barely in it. I don't know if we were going to talk. Like, that's another thing I had. I was going to talk about, but also, uh, I like. I don't know if, if spoilers. But he was in the trailer. Mordor. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Mordor. Yeah. Jeez. Um. You, you mentioned yeah, that. Like, with, that's uh, the only Mordor other thing is. you had to say. Mordor. Yes. And the post credit scene. I would also say it was beneficial uh, to see Doctor Strange. But that's it. This. You're right. Like you're exactly right. This was literally Wandavision Part Two. Oh, uh, sorry. Sequel to Wandavision. The first Doctor Strange. This could have been the first ever Doctor Strange movie, and you wouldn't have known. Yeah, and I don't mean to like jump barriers here, but like speaking of Wanda and WandaVision, like we basically saw WandaVision part two and 
I think her performance was easily the best out of the bunch. 100%. And she was top. Like, she was awesome. I thought she was amazing. This Even the first half of the movie, we talk about being, like, not the horror Sam Raimi aspect. She was the best part of the first half. I really liked her in this role. She is Scarlet Witch. Like, what has she done, like, since uh, Age of Ultron? Like, she has been this character for so long. She's devoted so much of her time to it. And so you could tell in this movie that... It's basically one division again, and how much t- like the dedication to this character she has. You see it in this movie. She has the screen time to do, to showcase it, and she showcases it with her acting, her performance. It was, I thought, the best performance in the movie by far. Honestly, you could say it's the only like great performance. Like, there's some other like adequate ones, like Doctor Strange. He like Benedict Cumberbatch was good. Like, he wasn't anything he special, job. like you said. Yeah, I think a lot of people did their jobs in this movie. Like Wong did his job. Wanda, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, was awesome. They gave her the most to work with in terms of the writing, 100%. Oh, but yeah. Also, but also, it's like I, it's, you see the character from like WandaVision, you have the familiarity with it, and you see it like taken up a notch with Great Doctor point. Strange and Multiverse of Madness. You know, it was, it was like that character, boom, let's put it on a, another level. Uh, won't go into spoilers, though. Cannot do it, will not do it. Um, uh, well, let's talk about America Chavez because – this is interesting because America Chavez was supposed to appear. Well, she is in Doctor Strange Multiverse Madness. She was going to make her debut always in this movie, but was going to be a key piece in Spider-Man No Way Home, which I find very interesting. So instead of, we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Ned hurling a sling ring, it was going to be America Chavez punching through different universes, introducing different Spider-Men. Okay. So in this situation, we almost have like a Tony Stark Spider-Man dynamic with, Doctor Strange and America Chavez. Um, to me, I don't think it had that same level of connectivity. It didn't seem like they had that same type of bond, or at least they tried to make you believe it with America Chavez, like embracing Doctor Strange at the end of the movie, towards the end of the movie. Like to me, it just it didn't have that same feeling. I also don't think America Chavez had a ton to work with. I got I'm gonna mess up this actress's name. It's very hard to pronounce. Where I gotta find it. So it's an X. It's like a Shaktil, Zaktil, Zaktil Gomez. I, I'm, I'm so I apologize to her. Got the I Gomez. Know I know she's listening. Um, so having her, she didn't have much to work with. She's so young. She's like 16 years old. But it seems like there's this, there's this um, drive by Marvel, by Feige, to have these young Avengers, young heroes start to develop. Right? Whether you look at um, uh, Haley Steinfeld in hawkeye whether uh, as kate bishop uh you can look at the character like the young i mean falcon the winter soldier with uh billy and tommy billy and tommy you can look at falcon the winter soldier it's the the i forgot the guy's name the grandfather's like grandson who's eventually going to become a hero oh yeah 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 it just seems like there's a youth movement going on definitely a youth movement i don't like there's other ones that are escaping me right now but it seems like they're really trying to just establish you with these heroes early on and it seemed like they were pulling back on her character a little bit because she's going to inevitably have her own series that's what it felt like the entire it's it's smart on a business perspective again no don't mean to go back to the business side but it's so smart because you get these kids to relate to to other kids the audience kids and then they watch they get disney plus and they continue to watch that and you know what's coming out miss marvel centers around a kid so like another example, it's, yeah. It's just 
we're getting to this point where it's like this, where it's just, it's not just about the quality, it's about the business and trying to appease everything. And they aren't doing a good job of it, in my opinion. And just to get back to America Chavez, I agree that she didn't have enough to work with. They didn't give her any line. All she did was react to like the cool things that were happening around her or the fact that she was scared. They so, like you can you rarely find a moment where she has like back-to-back lines, like two sentences worth of like dialogue. They really tried to do this chemistry. And I again we're not in spoilers. I, I hate to keep saying that, but um I'm just trying I don't want to give anything away. But like just her rapport with Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange, they really tried to sell you on like this is the Tom Holland to Doctor Strange or Tom Holland to Tony Stark. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know. If, I think just the writing was better. I'm not going to just say you're, you're uh, so she much wasn't great with those two. It's like yeah. going from Civil War into no, yeah, true. Into homecoming. Like they have a relationship. It's, okay. So yeah. Tony Stark. Yeah. But even in Spider-Man oh, No Way Home, though, I thought the chemistry between Tom Holland and Doctor Strange was good. And they were just together in Infinity War. And, but that wasn't really a mentor role. Like they were like, right, like him right. and No Way Home. Like, like Doctor Strange was more like a a, a dad who wants to disown his son. But <laughs> that, I like, like that, But really I still similar. like the chemistry between the two. Oh yeah. And I'm not. I think that's just. I'm not just trying to say Tom Holland's a better. I'm not trying to say Tom Holland's a better actor than this uh, this actor uh, Gomez. I'm not going to try to pronounce the first name. Um, I just think that he didn't have enough to work with, and I think that having that no that prior experience with Infinity War to No Way Home helped with that chemistry, specifically with Strange and Spider-Man. We talked about Tony Stark. We just didn't get that here. And we talked about the youth movement again. Like, I just think that this is definitely a push towards that, including the ending of this movie is a push towards that, which I'm not going to say anything, but I thought was very lame as an ending. Um, so I just think there's a continued push towards this youth movement, towards this new era. Of the what, MCU. What I liked about America Chavez and the performance by Miss Gomez is um the fact that her power in the beginning of the movie, she says she only can like move from like uh universes uh is by being was when she's scared, when she's like in fear. And like what was the whole second half of this movie? It's like her being hunted, right? I'm not gonna say by whom or whatever, but it's just like it's her. And like the audience is like being scared half the time as well. Like it kind of made sense. That's when she was, it was very have, cool. Be able to go from dimension to dimension or universe to universe. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Let, Rachel McAdams, any thoughts here? So we see her. Um, oh, yeah. I, I really this, feel like she was just there. They try and give her this, like some emotional weight, like towards the end of the movie, but the chemistry is not really there. Is it wasn't there it's, really. It's the unbelievable. One. That we have Rachel McAdams, like when we hear that she's going to be in Doctor Strange next to Benedict Cumberbatch, I remember like we were to get, like I literally said like, wow, this is awesome. Rachel McAdams, like she was the, I'm going to, let's wait for this call back here, Doctor. She was the only good part in season two of True Detective. She was amazing. Yep. And she's an amazing actress when she wants to be. R.I.P. Taylor Kish. Oh God. We're not, let's not, let's not do that today. But I was watching what Friday Night been? Lights highlights this morning which is crazy what could have been? um but okay going back to this and then she gets in dr strange she was in like that chemistry between her and dr we just talked about chemistry her between her and dr strange was not there because she was barely in the movie and when she was it's just eh, wasn't good and we're expect next time we see her is in this movie it's been six years again i said dr strange 2016 movie not very watched but you don't go back you don't go on disney plus to go click on dr strange you don't do that so 
we don't really remember it well. So then the when the first scene of this movie, or one of the first scenes of this movie, I'm not spoiling anything, is what happens. It's like, what? Like, okay. But then like when you carry throughout the movie, it's like that you don't feel that weight with Doctor Strange or with her. Like you don't feel that because the 2016 movie was a failure on that aspect, the Christine aspect. She was very and it was and it was here. She just wasn't in that movie. Like she was in the beginning and she was in the end. Like she wasn't in the movie. It was all about Doctor Strange's journey and going to Carmartage and all that stuff. And it just like she wasn't in the movie. <laughs> and again, our prediction, your prediction, slash our prediction, which is probably the only one out of our 10 that we can't like judge today. <laughs> it's like, will she be in the MCU again? No. <laughs> no way. Not and like that's not a spoiler. Movie. Like, I'm not that's literally not a spoiler. I'm just saying, like, no matter what happens in this movie. Like she will just can't be because they don't no. give her enough time. And I'm not saying she deserves it. <laughs> like, it sucks because it's Rachel McAdams. I feel like you could recast yeah. her in a role and people would be like, yeah, fine. We don't care. Like, put her in a different role. Like, you know, she yeah, like, honestly, recast her in a different er- like part, part of Marvel. I'm cool with that. Like, like people are probably thinking like, this is a chance for like her to come back. Like Natalie Portman as Jane Foster or something like that. And then you, when you see this movie, you're just going to be like, maybe it's for the best. <laughs> maybe it's for the best. Um, Let's go. Let's throw out some scores here before we jump into spoilers. So we can go non-spoilers for quite some time. What do you give Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Ricky Flicks? So yesterday we were talking after the movie, like we were having a couple of pops after the movie with our uncle and cousin, and like we were we were doing like similar like this the same way wavelength of what we're talking about now. But like I just hate like all being at one size. Like I was playing a little devil's advocate, so I threw out a score yesterday that I didn't fully mean. So like I'm. Just, so don't take that in consideration. But I'm gonna go 68. Wow, Jesus Christ! You said so. This is like I know. so different from dinner last night because what we do is have these recaps. We do our debriefs. Like we I, had dinner I, this last is what night. I mean. We went to our local Applebee's. It's right next to the theater. Shout out Applebee's, a fine establishment. We go there, have dinner, and then after the movie, our uncle's like Applebee's, and we're like, yeah. So like we go up to the hostess, like we're back. I play devil's we advocate. Down, we have a couple it's... beers, and of course, our uncle's like he likes to break down the movies. Me and Ricky Flex, like we kind of like are meet reading each other's minds. We're trying to we're kind of playing mind games. We're like, what's he gonna say on the podcast? What's Doctor O thinking? This is that, and then I'm like, I said my score. Then Ricky's like. And like our cousin said 81 and Ricky Flux was like, I kind of agree with that. I like that. And then he said, I think the thermometer predictor, the t- uh, tomato score got it right this time at 78. Then he dropped a 68 on us. This guy. This, Devil's this advocate. Evil. I hate just all like, I-, I love two sides of an argument, doctor. You know, we have a podcast because of I that. wrote down my number in case you got the same one. Well, clearly that this is different because you, you had something different last night. But same again, one. just to defend myself for a second before like I really did like this movie. I I just it was a popcorn fun movie. It was an adventure. Like it was fun. It was a good movie. Sixty is not a bad score either. It's just like I was expecting to go eighty eight before seeing this movie. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And it just didn't bring in that that scale. Didn't bring it in for me. But this was a lot of fun. We'll jump into the spoilers in a second. What do you have? Seventy three. I'm sticking with the score I gave last night. Uh, I'm starting to just you got to know what movies are what they are, you know, like, what is their goal? Did they accomplish their goal? I get it from like a movie making perspective. Like it's going to have weaknesses, but also this movie had a lot of strengths. Like the, the performance from Wanda Maximoff, Elizabeth Olsen here, really good top tier. Like one of the best, I think I've seen in an MCU movie, to be honest, going beyond that, just, I, I take it to account theater experience and like, did it have you 
have you like basically jumping out of your chair? Did it have you reacting to scenes in a way you wouldn't in most movies? This movie had that. And although the second half far outperforms the first half, right? And it feels a little disjointed at times. Did I walk away from the theater saying it was a great time? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Was it the best movie? But like 73. It's not but like why 70. was it a great like, time? Why? Because we'll talk of about well, spoilers. Why? Spoilers, genre, and then also MCU impact. Right. We'll talk about the MCU Fan impact. It has moments here, and that matters for an MCU movie. There haven't, like, some of these shows. And some of these phase four movies don't have the moments that even compare to the phase three, the end games, the infinity wars, right? Yeah. Spider-Man no way home had that. that moment, obviously, but these other movies, they don't have it. Multiverse of madness had it. That counts for something. Theater experience matters when it comes to my score. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think 73 probably is the, like, the right score. I think you did it now. I'm not going to change mine, but I think that's probably right. You but can't say one... anyone's right anymore because I don't know if I can. the truth or not. I can. Well, yeah, because I'm saving it for the podcast. Like, Why would I just – got that right, and then you it get was just a, It was 10 minutes after the theater. <laughs> but, no, like, the last thing before spoilers is that – was this better than Shang-Chi? Yeah. It's yeah, right there. I think so, too. Ah, see, I like Shang-Chi. I think it's very similar – Doctor Strange, I, w- I will watch Doctor Strange more because I I love the characters. It has the moments. It's more funny. But Shang-Chi, if you look at it as a better movie, it's it's probably. Exactly. But that's Which is why I think I on think a I score gave Shang-Chi basis, like late 70s. Like Shang-Chi, I give like a 77 or something. It's like yes, in the same yes. ballpark. If I remember, I literally gave the exact same score for both movies. If I would do, I would do Doctor Strange like one or two above it like points above it just based off of moments i guess so whatever i gave shang chi a couple above it i think they're very similar shang chi is like if you look at it like a like critic eyes right now put on the goggles like better overall like put together movie you would say shang chi but as a marvel fan and i just gotta accept the fact yes. i am who i am i'm gonna like doctor strange more it's exactly because that's, just that's the characters, awesome. it's the way they're interacting the people i'm seeing the implications for the future of the mcu like that stuff matters to me. That's exactly what I wanted you to say. And that's why I, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly Bait it. and hook. He got me. He got me. <laughs> um, all right. That's going to do for only the spoiler review. Uh, spoiler free review. Yeah. That's only the non-spoiler. That's an easier way to say it. Uh, let's now, if you've seen the movie, continue listening because we got some heavy, heavy moments to deliver on. Uh, so let's get on to the spoilers. Spoilers. Let's do it. Ricky Flex. You got to talk about it. The moment we're leading off with it. You might want to. You probably. I no 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 no. We're not. That's not what I was going to say. We're saving that one. Okay. Okay. Where we're starting off? Jesus, you thought that's what I was going to lead off with? Come on. I know. I owe you an apology. You'll get it later on. Sort of half an. It's going to be a half. There's only one way to start. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. We have to talk about the Illuminati. We have no choice. This was, I mean, my second favorite the best scene part of the movie. movie. My second favorite part. scene, probably the best. We get, we see Baron Mordo, right? Part of a different universe. First of all, a, a Mordo that is nowhere, there's no mention of also talking about the connections to the first movie. We have no idea what Mordo in the 616 universe is doing whatsoever. Like they, he was in the goddamn post credit. Do you remember that? He was in the yeah, post Yeah, he was killing credit. that guy. He was in the he was killing the original guy that told Doctor Strange to go to Nepal or whatever. 
and right. say, he's, like, and then he's like, he's like oh, I'm Mordo. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. coming for it all, baby. And he's like, nope, was, not being seen so again. We got Doctor Strange going to this different universe. Forgot what number it was. The 616 is where, like, the snap happens and everything, just for reference here. They go to, like, 800-something universe. 818? 836? Something like that. So Mordo is there. In this universe, Doctor Strange is – there's a statue in front of, I think, the Baxter Building, which is what, obviously, Baxter Building. You think of Fantastic Four. You think Reed Richard. You think Sue Storm. So for those who don't know, like, that's where the Fantastic Four are. So when they when he goes into this building, like he like obviously Doctor Strange in this world has passed away, and uh, there is this new group that is like basically their version of the Avengers in this world, right? The Illuminati, and there is a variant of Christine Palmer who works for the Illuminati. Doctor Strange is confronted with this group he is basically being charged with like okay he's crossing over to different universes he's basically looked at as a threat on this in this universe so mordo with some dreads long long dreads and a receding hairline brings in hey. Stephen strange to confront the council the illuminati and who is sitting on the council we have anson mount playing black bolt black bolt is and it's the same anson mount who played black bolt in the failed inhuman series on ABC, the first ever Marvel show that was attempted, right, by Marvel Studios. The first ever show. Along with Anson Mount, you have uh, Lashana Lynch as Captain Marvel in this universe. She is uh, Lashana Lynch from the original Captain Marvel. She was also in the recent James Bond movie, the new 007. She is playing a variant of Captain Marvel. Along with that, you have you – have Captain Carter, who is obviously from the What If series. In that moment, the crowd went bananas when we saw her. And then we know Professor X in the yellow chair coming up, right? Basically the leader of this group. He's like the Iron Man, insofacto Iron Man of the Illuminati, like the leader here. And then Mordo. And finally, the big reveal, Reed Richards. John Krasinski playing Reed Richards on this council wearing the fantastic four suit this is the moment i think everyone the theater like exploded in that moment so ricky flex what was your reaction upon seeing krasinski finally being revealed as, as reed richards as of in this universe in the bold predictions pod the i for the graphics i used a fake picture of john krasinski photoshopped with the fantastic four uh for the graphic and I couldn't be happier. Um, I was like, wow, they're doing fa- Rosario Dawson, Ahsoka Tano, John Krasinski, Reed Richards. I did it again. Disney, you animals. Like, they really are diving into the fan service here. And now we're in spoilers, so we could talk about it. But, like, did I actually like him as Reed Richards? No. They didn't, I like, did- he played it so straight. He was so, It like, was weird. He, I thought it was, he was so serious. He wasn't looking at Dr. Strange. Clearly, this was filmed separately, like, they not all, all in one room. They he was literally there. looking at the wrong spot on in the room. Like, embarrassing. That just shows what we were talking about before. How disjointed. this was disgr- disjointed. Thank you. Just like, what are we doing, Sam Ramy? Like, how do you not, like, fix that? 
Give That's him an crazy. X to look at. Just have someone stand there. <laughs> crazy. But, but um, keep going. But again, like yeah. as far as John Krasinski, awesome to see. That was a huge, like great theater moment. Um, when you see him come in the state, uh, the frame, right? Um, I just didn't picture him as Reed. Like I didn't think he was good. At, he looked the part, but he didn't act the part for Reed Richards. I think I. You know, I like, like the four up at the near the shoulder and the chest. First off, I think the suit's good, but it's in the center and his heart over, his, like right in his sternum. Don't like. I like it up here, but besides that, I think like he was like he's playing like a former gym. I was like, no, I want him to be a genius. Like you are the smartest person in the room. Obviously, Professor X is there, but like you are, you're arrogant, you're smart, and you're like to the point. You're not like this guy that's a. It's a, everything's gonna be okay. No, like get to the point. He's here. a dad. Yeah. He the was quiet very, place somewhere. Let, let me tell you, he was very rigid with his performance. It felt like in this world, it looks like Patrick Stewart can bite the dust at any moment. It'd be like Reed Richards is gonna be the guy to replace him. It's Show like, some that's, respect. That's like the play, that's like the way he played him. Like he's the future leader of the Illuminati, right? And he is like the wise man, even though he's no near the experience of a Patrick Stewart. So I I, th- I just thought it was good enough to see him in the suit, honestly. Have him sit there. But I do want to say, Ricky Flex, do you think this guarantees he's going to be Reed Richards in the 616 universe? Do you think he, we're going to see John Krasinski play Reed Richards in the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Or was this simply so Kevin Feige can have the fans shut the hell up and stop t- telling him how to fan cast movies? I'm not going to guarantee it, but I believe he will be Reed Richards going forward. Me too. It's It makes too much sense. Um, why go through the hassle? Why make a new suit? Why do all of this? Why take up his time when he's, you know, John Krasinski is more than just this character. He's literally running a franchise in a quiet place. Like right now, he's very busy. Jack Ryan, like, why do this if it's just going to be a one-time thing? Now, saying that, obviously, you could take the other aspect saying he is busy. This is just a cameo, but... We are getting a Fantastic Four movie confirmed, right? So we are getting it. And this confirms that John Krasinski's uh, Reed Richards is in this multiverse. It's not going to be a separate project. It will be within the MCU. And it's confirmed that within these multiverses, it's all they all they all these people look the same. This Doctor Strange is consistently Benedict Cumberbatch throughout. Wanda Maximoff is consistently Elizabeth Olsen throughout in every single version of the multiverse. So... That just makes sense for John Krasinski, Immorto as well, uh, Christine. Everyone's the same actor. I don't, John Krasinski will be the Reed Richards in every multiverse. I don't. I think it's a lot more hazier than that. Like Professor X, Patrick Stewart most likely is not going to be Professor X in the six one six. Like Captain Card, like you could say the Captain America role is a variant, like technically a Captain. I know. I guess it's Sharon but Carter. But it's, it's the yeah. variation of the hero. I get it. It's the same, whatever. Same thing with Shauna Lynch. Though. Same person. But that leaves it up. But it just makes me think there's no way Patrick Stewart and Professor X is going to return to the 616 universe. It's going to be someone new. He's too old to be doing this. He, he said in a quote, he wasn't even sure he wanted to return for this movie because he left such an imprint on his legacy as Professor X in Logan. I don't see I, – I do think he's going to remain the guy because – you are just pulling the rug underneath like the audience's legs if you don't have him return as Reed Richards. And you even had him referencing his wife and like Sue Storm. And we know John Krasinski's playing Reed Richards. You have Emily, Emily Blunt. Blunt 
playing Sue Storm. That is exciting, and that is so likable of a casting. Well, you're going to make everybody happy with this, and like you have some divisiveness with MCU fans, like unsure of the direction that it's going in. One thing you can nail is just have John Krasinski be him. He didn't have much like. It didn't give you, I think, a true sense of what he's going to be in the 616 universe. And I'll tell you what, one of my beefs is they didn't let him be Mr. Fantastic when he fought Wanda. Yeah, they just killed that him. That was right BS. Away. He looked like he was like Chef Boy RD getting shriveled up in a pan, dude, when she like he started trying to talk her down. But I wanted mm. like an actual fight with Mr. Fantastic of him doing and see what the effects were going to look we like. We didn't get it. They didn't really give us the chance there. It made me think like this might have been added very late. This might have been added, like, like you talked about reshoots. Yeah. What if they said we're gonna we're gonna need to like bolster this movie a little bit? Illuminati's the way we're gonna do it. We have Patrick Stewart. Let's give a hint at what Reed Richards is gonna be, but not really show anything. Do something on the fly. Do it really quick. That's where it felt like, okay, that's a reshoot because you you had to do more with Cap, Cap, Mr. Fantastic. I think you you hit the nail on the head once again, Doctor, and that's. Uh, <laughs> I think just one more point on this would be Reed Richards has to be, no matter what you could say, okay, fine. Like get, I get the professor X point, but let's just say Reed Richards here in the six, one, six earth. That's still going to be John Krasinski, but you're saying that they would have a different Mr. Fantastic, but not, a, not named Reed Richards. No, no. I'm saying like, like Charles Xavier exists in the six one six, but it's not going to be played by Patrick Stewart. Just like John, like I know it's the same thing you said before. It's just I think the Patrick Stewart thing makes it hazy gotcha. because he wouldn't be in the six one six. And will John Krasinski be in the six? I wonder with that, with the X Men thing, do they say like sounds like this is where like the multiverse just like we're just using the multiverse as an excuse to do anything right now? Like that's what Marvel's doing, so we're going to do it too. What if for Professor X they go like back in time, like? Like uh, like R six one six is like, I don't know. Like our Professor X is like thirty years younger. Like I don't know. Oh, yeah, you, you know like what I'm James saying? McAvoy. And then just have James <laughs> McAvoy or whoever you want as Professor X. You know what I mean? And like just cast the X Men, not the same as the Professor X era. You know that'd be a way to do it, I guess. But I don't know. It's just gonna be. I, we're just gonna have to wait and see. But the fact, I think we should just naturally move on to Professor X here. Uh, we got to talk about the intro. Yellow, yellow chair. No, 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 last no, no, one, no, no. last no, no, no. one, last one to take his place on this on the panel for the Illuminati. They do the X Men '97 theme to make it very clear that this is the same one, pretty much from the animated series. It's not necessarily the same Charles Xavier we see in the Brian Singer movies. This is like a different version of him. Okay, being played by Patrick Stewart here. But Patrick Stewart here, he got the most screen time out of any of the Illuminati members. Uh, they didn't they didn't last very long but there Five was minutes. i they tried to make his part a little bit deeper he has the one-on-one with wanda it's like trying to release wanda from this prison she's holding where you had to see in. wandavision for too like like the dark hold and everything which he's underneath the spell he's trying to release her but uh it was very much charles xavier but the moment where he put his hand on his head and went and like stared into the camera with the sam Raimi was like oh I laughed out loud. It was so funny. He was like staring through the skull. Like, I've never seen Charles Xavier's eyes get so big ever. And then they zoom into like the wide eyes of, but, of Elizabeth Olsen. But my cousin next to us to go like, why are they so, zooming in so much in their eyes? I'm like, that's Sam Raimi, dude. 
That's Sam Raimi, dude. But that's that moment, the Illuminati was the inciting incident for like that's when like the movie got good. Yeah, you know, like, right it, then and there, and then the rest of the movie almost was like, another, Yep, we're good now. That's another good example of like things happening around Benedict Cumberbatch while he's while he like his main job is to move the plot. Where it's like he goes to the Illuminati, they tell him which is the crazy. Book, they tell him where the book of Ashanti is, then he goes to the book and he knows what to do and everything. So in that moment, it made sense. Um, I also when they all finally meet Wanda and they try and talk her down, talking about the Illuminati, when they all just get eviscerated like immediately, I get very much X-Force vibes from Deadpool. Yes. That's what I was, I was gonna say. I have it written like, down is, X-Force. This and I thought it was like unintentionally funny. Like, like they were they were trying to show how powerful Wanda was, but I couldn't. It stop was laughing. hilarious when Captain Carter goes like, "I could do this all day," in her Gosh. accent, and then she gets like, uh, "We talked about like I tried to say these are gory type of deaths, bloody." When she takes her shield that absolutely goes through her whole body and splits her in two, but they don't. Show I, it. I, I I cackled laughing. I think I was the only one in the theater laughing. No, I was <laughs> laughing too. I know I did like a fist I, I, bump because I hate how we keep referring to all these lines. Especially that, that moment, one, though. and I was like, yeah. I literally said, "Kill her." I was like, "She needs to get off the screen." And then, literally, immediately, boom! I was like, fist bump, and like, I know, her, like, I rolled my eyes. Like, I was like, "Holy crap, are we doing this right now?" Recent MCU history, like, obviously, th- that reminded me when that person in Moon Knight asked his asked Layla in Cairo, like, "Are you an Egyptian superhero?" Yes. And she's like, "I am." And then in this <laughs> moment, where it's like. <laughs> I could do this all day. It's just like, it's just, you're waiting for those MCU moments and like okay. those clips that are coming out, the highlight reel, put it on there. But the funny thing is when people see that clip, they're going to know like she just gets sliced in half by her own shield a second yeah. later. And also Captain Marvel as a variant can't take on that's, Scarlet that's Witch. A, that's another she's thing I've Captain written down. Captain Marvel. So, she's basically Superwoman. No, she's basically, so this, they definitely puts an end to this discussion for strongest avenger because it was between her and wanda and wanda just absolutely obliterated her um i think they didn't do her justice personally i think captain marvel's a lot stronger than that um but still i think after seeing this movie by far and away wanda is the strongest avenger it's not even a question um and then just real quick just because like my hesitation earlier about like the goriness or the, like the violence in this movie why i hesitated is because i was waiting for the spoilers so like when she enters the illuminati wanda and she's splitting the machines in half, but instead of blood, it's like the oil. Yeah, you know, like that's so Marvel face. to do. Yeah, but it's it, like it Sam Raimi too. Evil it looks dead. like Sam like Raimi, Evil Dead. It looks like, and then she she uh she steps on something. She was, she has a limp, so she looks like she's the zombie from What If, you know. So yeah. like another reference there. The she Shining. property. The Shining. Uh, Jack Nicholson. There. We'll talk about um, her in a second. But yeah, so that's why I hesitated in the beginning because like they didn't exactly it wasn't it was not gory, but it was like it tried like it did all it could while keeping it kid friendly to make it like this is violent, like it's bloody, but it wasn't truly. So and like lastly, just want to throw in Black Bolt here. It's just funny because like he is so insignificant to like the whole entire scope of the MCU when she goes like what mouth and then like she takes away his mouth and then his head explodes I was just like yes this is what we're looking for and then the movie takes off but I think we need to talk about we're too excited when we jumped into spoilers we had to talk about the Illuminati scene but we got to talk about Wanda being treated as the main villain in this want to call it a sequel so what did you think about the decision to have Elizabeth Olsen play the villain after right her whole experience in WandaVision. What was that? 
Do you think that was a wise decision? Do you second guess it? Tell me your thoughts. So again, this is one of the bold predictions I said that we didn't fall through on, but um, I, they hinted at it with the death hole. They, they hinted at it. And I think that you're right when you were saying it in the bold predictions pod where like they already did that, but they just did it again, which is like, I like, I thought they would, but like, I didn't think they would go in depth again. Like she would have to go round two. Like, like it's like she, she would literally have to go see her kids to realize that, Oh, I shouldn't be taking over minds. Oh, I shouldn't be killing everything in sight to go see not my real kids, but a different set of my kids. Like we didn't, you should have already learned that, but they did hint at her being the big bad in a significant way earlier. So I wasn't surprised that she was the big bad, but I was surprised that they went as in depth in her character in this movie. I was kind of, I was, I'll say it. I was upset that she was the main villain, not because I expected someone bigger. It's just the part I, I couldn't shut up about it after the movie. The fact that, She's talking about missing her kids, even though like she makes kind of like reconciles with herself at the end of Wad Division. She says goodbye to her kids. It's all about her getting over the loss of vision. It seems like they're just going right back to her, like lamenting on her losses and then now doing it on a larger scale. It felt like we're just rehashing things from Wand Division. And it, obviously it feels like a sequel to Wand Division. I also don't like how she is basically a villain in back-to-back -back projects from someone that's no, like notorious, not notoriously, but famously a hero. Famously a hero. So to have her be a quasi-villain in WandaVision and then a straight-up evil witch in this movie, I don't necessarily like that because like you look at WandaVision, like people look at her as like part part of the future of the MCU. I I don't first of all, I don't think she's dead. We'll get to that. But I do think. She's gonna have a hard time returning to the MCU and be accepted by both audiences and by heroes surrounding her. Like she tried to like end universes, like she has tried to hunt down a 16-year-old kid and kill her. Like to me, that's messed up. And I do have a comparison to this character to another major um fan, like like fan universe. Okay. I feel that Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch is similar to Daenerys Targaryen in Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's the that's the comp. That is it, the comp. It is you. They're very powerful beings. They're easy to root for. They're heroes at the beginning. Strong, right? powerful. Strong, powerful. They move on. You sense there's a darkness in them. They have dark pasts. Okay, they're confronted with moments where you think they're going to turn bad, but we know deep down they're not bad. But the last time we see them or when it comes down to the highest stakes of the show or the connected universe, they're going to be evil. But do people actually buy that? Like, are they saying like, are they not exactly buy it, but are they okay with that? When Daenerys Targaryen is starting to burn down King's Landing, people are like, I don't know if I'm like on board with this. This is kind of <laughs> crazy. This is nuts. Like she is worse than Cersei. Like we got it. She had some darkness in her, but did I think she was going to be taking down? Everybody in her path on the way? No. Did I think Elizabeth Olsen, she had, like, I keep saying Elizabeth Olsen. The Wanda Maximum has some darkness inside of her. That goes all the way back to Winter Soldier, the post credit scene. We knew that was there. WandaVision, yes. But then to have her as the main adversary against another Avenger, that's where I'm just like, okay, we're taking a little bit too far. Like, she already was portrayed as a villain before. She's a young, exciting actress. 
you're, I have a hard time believing she's going to be accepted in the future unless they're going to take one of her variants from another universe and bring her into the 616. You can do False. anything in these universe multiverse. Um, you kind of just said it, really. Uh, honestly, like, you pretty much put it together. But at the end of the day, dude, like, I, I, I again, I really thought she'd be a villain here. I don't think she's dead. But they definitely try to tell you that she's dead, which another bold prediction. But, uh, um, yeah, no, I, 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 I honestly don't have anything else to add. Okay. You really just summed it up really well. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll take it as a compliment. I yes. do. Let's talk about some references to other MCU properties. Uh, let's talk about what if, because there was a bunch of what if references here. Whether you talk about the zombies at the end, right? And like that moment where Dr. Strange, I forgot what quote he said exactly. He said, he's like, I never said living. And then it's like, yeah. then it's like the, 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 those like Marvel quotes, those one-liners and all of a sudden this like hand starts bursting through. It's like, oh my God, zombies. <laughs> the crowd is going crazy. <laughs> And but then it's um Sharon Carter, what if, and then you have uh Stephen Strange, evil Stephen Strange that was taken Sinister over. Strange, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sinister Strange that's taken over by the uh what's it called? The, the dark hold. The dark hold. Okay. Um they didn't have the line in the trailer though, where he goes like things just got out yeah they didn't they i was didn't waiting it. for it i'm like come Maybe. on you take that away from us but what do you think about the connections to like what if do you think that was are we going to see more of this in the future or do you think this was very specific to dr strange and the multiverse of madness well they took like if they took one thing that everyone like liked which was the sharon carter um like or peggy carter i think we said we've been saying sharon but peggy peggy carter like we've been we've been using that like I think that that wasn't a strong episode of what if what if but it's like a memorable thing from it that people take away from it so they included that and then they included the two best episodes like references to the zombies episode which was one of the best episodes and then the best episode which is dr strange's focus episode and my thing is that i think the sinister supreme was let down too i did not particularly love that scene i don't I, I did not think the throwing notes. I thought it was creative and whatever, but I just don't think like I wanted to see some crazy stuff from Sinister Strange. I wanted to see what we saw in What If, and this is where the expectations come in, come in again, where we see a third eye, we see the Darkhold takeover, we see or we know how powerful he is, but all he succumbs to is oh, we'll just do the same thing as Doc. 616 Doctor Strange is doing and throw notes back and forth with each other. No, let's get some dragons. Let's get some crazy stuff going because you're that powerful. Did not show it here. Very underwhelming, I would say, for the character that he is. So so in terms of that moment, when it feels like the whole plot, like the whole movie felt like, as we said before, Doctor Strange is just moving the plot from place to place. That was the moment where he could have like gone for it all, you know? Um, he wasn't bad in the scene, but just it, I didn't take away a lot from the performances there. I did like call me crazy, but I did like the note throwing scene. I think a lot of people did. I'm in. I'm definitely in the minority there. Like when that when that but... happened, it's just like the fact that like I I we had our little debrief afterwards at Applebee's, of course. Uh, but we talked about that scene, and to me, I compared it like this is something you would see in like an Edgar Wright film. 
You know, it's like you feel like that's like a Scott Pilgrim type thing to do to start throwing notes at them, and then it's playing out the score or the theme of on the of the movie. That's pretty cool, like Danny Elfman's theme. So Danny, Elfman, I like I that. It. The music like was good. That. Michael Giacchino's Doctor Strange score. That's good. Um, yeah. I just didn't see it fit the tone of the movie, though. I just, I really didn't. Well, this is. It. Let's talk about the tone a little bit because I meant to talk about this with the uh, non-spoiler part. Like it was a, it was a, it's very much a comedy horror. That's the type of movie we just saw. But it was not like a comedy horror where it'd be like one thing after another. It was more like a comedy in the first half and a horror in the second half. It wasn't a nice blend of the two. That's why I think the tone didn't exactly work because it felt like, felt like you like death proof where it's like cut into two different parts. Like yes. I felt like that was this movie. Like you could have had like a 70s slasher or like whatever type of movie, like hazy screen cut and then the illuminati scene Grindhouse, and that's when the movie yeah. is like it's split in two completely but in terms of like the horror at like the second half of this movie i loved i thought it was so good i loved the point where the homages to the shining her traveling down the hallway she's got the limp going very good our dad next to us was just like she's the freaking terminator she's the freaking terminator <laughs> he kept saying that and i'm like i'm like shut up I'm like, dodging him she is nazi 1000 <laughs> but like she was legitimately scary like when she was yeah. staring you through the eye and her head tilt i was like that looks like head jack so torrance good. that's jack torrance like she's literally taking like traits of famous iconic horror villains and putting it into a it Marvel so villain performance. I'm just like, this is sick. This is sick. And like, we've seen like Marvel try and go into like genre filmmaking before. Okay. With some of their types of movies talk about like Spider-Man with like that high school comedic romp. Even if you want to call it, talk about Dr. Strange, the first one felt mm -hmm. like it was like trying to be like, you know, inception, you know, like that type of like, I don't know, like prestige. I like that though. Type of the visuals, film. right? The visuals I'm not saying it's bad. Film. I'm just saying that was an example of like what this movie could have been if they just went in on that the entire time. You could still have your quips that are thrown in. We know, like Sam Raimi, he likes to have like some of those lines in his movies. Like he's not afraid to have those comedic elements, but try and blend them more rather than just feel like it's two different things. I, and that wasn't his fault necessarily. I, but yeah, I, I, I just mentioned the visuals though. Just real brief. I did not think the visuals were that great in this movie. First scene was god awful. Yeah, I don't think god that was awful. good. I do think the uh, the second scene, uh, what's his name? The it starts with the G, right? The um, Garnito, Garnito, the monster. That one looked pretty good. That 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 visual was good. But like going through the multiverses, visuals not great in my opinion, especially compared to the first one, which was six years ago. So that was a little shocking to me. Um, and then real quick again, like with the universes really underwhelming i think um basically the only thing that we saw were like a lot of environmentally friendly things and food's usually free and red oh, means green sorry. green is red like at a stoplight very underwhelming for a multiverse scale movie Ma multiverse of madness we did not see any madness really until the sinister strange but like there was basically nothing so i think hurt this movie was everything everywhere all at once too it wasn't just the change of release dates it's the multiverse movie that came before it that was so great at showing these other different worlds yes. other versions of people and this one he only Dang, went doctor to, yes they talk, they talk about multiverse of madness he only went to three worlds technically two and a half and in his way there they did not feel very 
different from one another other than the fact that one universe was collapsing on itself. There was they 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 showed really briefly him and Eric uh America Chavez traveling through really quickly these different universes where they're like paint and stuff and they're different types of people. It was like them trying to be everything everywhere all at once, but it just didn't have they didn't go into that theme, the yeah, multiverse and- theme. Like that's what multiverse of uh everything everywhere all at once just owned that idea. Yeah. And this was just like yeah, this is oh, like yeah. kind of the setting that we're working with. We're going to different worlds type of thing, but it didn't own the idea like I, that movie did. I completely agree. And like this is going back to the sinister, strange world. That was like a poor man's inception. Like, you know what I mean? That was just like like that. They adopt really, genres, but they never truly own it yeah. because they're slave to the actual IP like, of Marvel. Literally, when I watched that, and I how, was like in the formula. Literally, when I watched that, and then we talk about 2016's Doctor Strange, I'm like. God damn, like if Christopher Nolan got his hands on Doctor Strange, like and he did his own trilogy, now that would be amazing to watch. Those visuals, Hit like holy crap, get Hans Zimmer on board or Giacchino back. Like we could be working with something. Obviously, he would never do it. Like I'm just saying, like that's what I was once, thinking once about. Once he when gets that his Oscar, like Sam Raimi, like I don't know, like once he once if he gets his Oscar, Nolan, what do you do? Like a Marvel movie or a DC movie again? Like, he did I, Batman. Like, come on. You think he's going to have some good ideas at the end of the Marvel, like, run? He'll be like, I, I was just something so different that from, from yeah. everybody else. But, like, don't you agree? Like, I think that, like, when I saw that, I was like, that's a poor man's Inception. Like, that's not good. They, they uh, were trying to be Inception. Yes. Yeah. And I was just like, damn, Christopher Nolan, like, he would kill this Inception-type vibes in 2016's Doctor Strange version. And then that, like, he definitely would have killed this. But, yeah, I, I guess other spoilers here. Ending. Wanda. So powerful, strongest Avenger. It makes sense that no one can beat her, so she has to beat herself, basically. That all makes sense. I think that was good. I just think the drawback is we've already seen that. Literally, we've already seen that in WandaVision. Almost the exact same thing. And the last line from the other Wanda, we can't even understand what she said. I still don't know to this day. I don't know. No, no one in our theater knew. I think everyone in that moment turned to, like turned to each other and said, what'd they say? What'd they say? What'd they say? Poor, ed- like, poor editing and sound control, volume control. Terrible. So I don't know if that's because IMAX, like Tenet. I know I've t- discussed this. Pre- uh, we heard everything before. else. Yeah, we heard everything else except that one. Did this Sokovia accent come back? Like what was going on there? <laughs> I don't, don't know, but shame. that's such a core line, and we don't even we don't even know what it is to this day. I was gonna say also, people have. Or I want to get your thoughts on this because like this didn't register with me immediately, just because I was taking this movie for more surface level than I guess some audience members. Some people are beefing with the fact that they don't appreciate how Wanda is portrayed as this mother who can't control her emotions who's on the hunt for her children did you did this this type of like concerning theme cross your mind at all when you were watching or did you only like have you heard that um have you heard that idea or concept at all yet ricky flex so i was thinking this in this day and age i was while watching this movie i was thinking how this like exactly what you said would respond to audiences but i think that's off the table when she, she when uh i think wong goes like you're a monster and then she goes i'm a mother Oh, that was did they that was bad. Yeah. So like that when she said bad. that, I was like, they're re- they know what they're doing. So then when I when I when they know what they're doing, and it's such a powerful performance, I'm just thinking like, I think people at the end of the day, even the people that do think that this is a movie, 
she's a villain. There has to be a reason to connect her, this character, to this madness. But she was initially a hero. That's the thing. But you, all right, you said that, and I was the reason why I was hesitating. I wasn't going to say this, but now I'm going to say it because like I know we're running long here. But she is a villain in the comics. Like Magneto's daughter. Yeah, what? That's a villain. She's a villain. She's an Avenger. But she is a villain in the comics. No, she's married to Vision, another hero. They're yeah, but she's also later comics, House of M, 21st century. She is yeah, Magneto's daughter. But like America Chavez is relatively new as well. But the fact that she is are you telling me like Scarlet I'm Witch fine is with the heel turn. than a hero? Like I'm, traditional yes. traditionally now, comic no, books. No, no, not in the not but in the this that, but you would have her in back-to-back projects as a villain after being traditionally a hero. You I told you. As a villain. Can you, like, like he, they didn't even do, like, Bucky Barnes this dirty when he became the Winter Soldier. <laughs> they didn't do him that dirty. Hey. I don't know. It's I told crazy. you she was going to be the big bad. But, like, she's just, ju- she's juicy. Like, she's too juicy of a character. But it makes me think, like, the audience went nuts when she came up on screen. Oh, my God. Right? Yes. But, like, the fact that. This happened in this movie. Are they going to have the same reaction if she shows up again in the MCU? Are they going to be like, yeah, it's Wanda? Are they going to be like, oh, my God, she's so back? This is the perfect time to go back to the beginning of this podcast with the girls next to me. So when Wanda, when literally they're saying, like, uh, I think Wong was saying, or or Benedict Cumberbatch, or Dr. Strange was saying, like, you're going to kill all these people just to see your boys again. And she goes, like, yeah. The girls next to me were like, you go, girl. Oh I was like, God. what? They literally said, you go, girl. I was like, what are we doing? We're going to kill 100 plus people just so she can see two kids that aren't even hers in a different universe? I mean, that was wild. They literally said, you go, girl. And like, we're clapping. Like, they got. I was like, what are you? You guys are monsters. I would be like, put those hands away before I put them away for you. But the whole theater was like, 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 I think you remember, like, in the theater, like, when it was like the first time she said, like, she will kill, like, anybody in her way. And these girls are like you go girl but everyone else is like you hear like oh like the the awes from the crowd except these two girls are like you go girl i don't think like people are going to respond the same way to wanda now and i don't know if that's a good thing for the mcu it's just because i think she had a lot of hope will will it potentially yeah i don't know maybe give us a pathway towards the x-men though she could be the path towards the I X-Men. Thought, I thought for a second ian mccall was going to show up at, in like that rock <sighs> sequence when she was underneath those rocks Wanda, I wanted the post credit scene. Professor X was there. I was like, "Is Ian McKellen about to show up as Magneto?" Should we should we get to the post credit scene? Because like I wanted, we I was let down. We'll talk about it right now. I'll, I'll tell you what. This is one of the worst post credit scenes in the history of Marvel. Terrible. He was just walking down the street and a portal opens. <laughs> like, come on. There's no there's nothing special about this except for the fact you have Charlize Theron entering the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But it's not even like that big of a deal when a new actress like that shows up because I've gotten to the point where I've run out of characters I don't know that aren't in the universe except for the X-Men and Fantastic Four. Like she's playing Clea Strange. I have no idea who that is. And she's dressed up like that. Like you take away all the excitement when you're doing like these very obscure heroes. Except for the fact that it's exciting Charlize Theron is playing it. I was excited when Harry Styles was playing Eros, but he also added the fact he's the brother of Thanos. Like she didn't even say who she was. Like she didn't even say her name. So that I'm just like, 
it's just, just showing like, the movie stars kind of join the MCU, which we already right. know like a bunch are right now. Like so at least in the Harry Styles thing. one, they're surprising. like, I am Eros, I am the god of sex, and I am the brother of Thanos. I was just like, okay, this guy's legit. <laughs> this girl, <I'm> just like, <laughs> this girl looks like a Power Ranger, and she they doesn't play it up at all. Who she was? Like, am I supposed to know who this is? They just clarified what we saw a minute ago uh before with the third eye and that the third eye isn't going to be like a dark hold hold against them he's going to use it for good which is like similar to the comics right um just a quick quick background i guess of clea or however you pronounce it so niece of dormammu yeah niece of dormammu villain in the first in doctor strange 2016 doctor strange niece love interest of doctor strange you mentioned the last names they do get married eventually so probably in this franchise, probably will. Charlie Theron, Benedict Cumberpatch, power couple. Sheesh. Um, so probably third movie, like looking ahead to Doctor Strange, what's next for him? Probably him and Charlize taking down Dormammu together and like love interest kindling there. Hopefully better chemistry. And this looks good for our, our Rachel McAdams prediction that she won't be in the MCU anymore. Yeah. If they're introducing the wife, it seems like they've closed the door on that possibility i i think we should save our recap of our predictions for for next time i don't know if we have the time right now but i will say i will issue the apology now i apologize to ricky flicks for dismissing the fact and threatening to throw him off the podcast for saying that wanda's gonna die in this movie because in a way she kind of does die but we I, i think we both agree we're gonna see her again but i just needed to apologize because i think i'm not the only one who thought that that was crazy to think of that would have been crazy the the big bad like i just think that you just didn't you you like wanda so much i understand your viewpoint and i don't want an apology for that one that is what i wanted she's like not even like one of my favorites though i'm just saying like she was she has so much potential as a hero in this universe to resort that hey you never know they were just like she's too good as a villain i'm like no hey (laughs) this town loves a comeback story (laughs) i'll throw you off the podcast again (laughs) very key and Shout out. Sorry. You good? No, it's, yeah, it's just my phone. Ignore. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying something. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This I will say, I- doctor. I will say, doctor. I just got a text from just, uh, J-Man. Oh, man. And it's actually funny. So he... Said just is it about the podcast. Of, it's about Wanda. So we'll we'll give a uh, J Man's quick review of WandaVision. It's not like an Ooh. actual review, but he said, um, "Just came out of a- AMC. Unreal. Your bold prediction. Wow." And then I was like, "Oh, so you liked it? Recording pod right now?" And he goes, "Loved. Last post credit scene was such a tease, but hilarious. Feel like they played it right, having Wanda defeat herself because she was unstoppable." And then she he goes, I know Joke was making fun of you for saying Wanda was gonna die to to his buddy on the way to the movie, and now I look like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a bold prediction. I wish I wish we followed through. You got to be more persistent against me. Yeah, I'll take I'll take it. I'll take some of the blame on that. All right, but it's out there. It is recorded that you said that on a podcast. <laughs> so if people are wondering who, if anyone called it, people start to dismiss that. The drive-in podcast said it more specifically. Ricky Flex did. I literally said your name's on the graphic if we put <laughs> that on there. So you literally, 
Um, Bruce Campbell, good to see him in this movie, though. You know, it keeps up with the gag with the Sam Raimi movies, how he shows up all through the Spider-Man and see his relationship during the Evil Dead movies. Check those out if you haven't. Like, they're interesting, like, throwback horror watch. Um, good, good for around Halloween time. All right. That's going to do it for episode 100 of the Drive-In Podcast. 100. Uh, if for those who have not caught up with our feed, we're releasing three to four episodes a week at this point. I think we're due. We, our last one, we did our 10 bold predictions. So in case you did uh, spoiler free uh, and you're skipping ahead to this point somehow, uh, I'm going to make sure you <laughs> check out those 10 bold predictions. Make sure you check out our Moon Knight recap. That's doing numbers right now on the YouTube and make sure you listen to it on anywhere you get your um, podcasts. Make sure you follow us on social media to get all the clips of future episodes uh, along with past episodes. Next week, I don't think we have a major review lined up, but we will have a checkup. We will have a draft of some sort, and uh, maybe we'll do a little TV review with uh, either Barry, Winning Time, maybe a conglomerate of different shows that we will be summing up and recapping. We're, I think we have we have Winning Time finale next week. I think we should do a podcast on that, Ricky Flips. Yeah, yeah. So, like, check up Tuesday, like tomorrow, for you listening. Recap of TV on Wednesday, draft of some sorts. We'll figure that out. We'll figure it out. We'll let you know what the schedule is tomorrow. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Sunday, we're recording on Saturday. Um, You'll know the schedule by the time this comes out. Exactly. Right? That's going to do it for episode 100 of the Drive-In Podcast. Until next time, we... Well...